CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast, coming Coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly. Here's your hosts, Mark and John. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. Checking in with you guys. I, I have like a ton of stuff to get to. I have emails that you guys have sent. I have special thanks to people who have made PayPal donations. Uh, and I'm not sure I'm going to get to those two things in this episode for a couple different reasons. One reason being that they're the note, the emails I wanted to read are printed out and the people I wanted to thank for the PayPal donations are written down in a notebook that I actually left at work. So I could probably figure that, you know, figure out what emails I wanted to read by going into my, uh, my email. And also I could probably figure out who made PayPal donations that I need to thank by going into my email. But I just don't feel like doing it right now, especially since I have it written down in these show notes that I prepared at work, I was actually on a break from work today trying to record a Talking Metal podcast episode. And we do probably, uh, oh, I'd say we do 90%, not that much, 80% of the Talking Metal podcast episodes using an M-Audio multi-track portable handheld recorder, which I think sounds really good. Anyways, it, it, we... I think John bought it back in 2006, maybe even 2005. It has since uh, died, I guess. We used it at that, you know, bar that we did the last podcast at in Jersey City. But I went. I, it, it turns on, but it won't. Re- I hit the record button and it won't work. And I know everybody's like, "Oh, you probably have the hold key on or something." No, I don't. I don't. I don't. So I don't know what the fuck is wrong with it. It's kind of disappointing. Uh, they have come down in price. We paid two fifty for it, I think, in two thousand five or six, and they're definitely down in price uh, to at least two hundred, maybe even less. I thought I saw one for one fifty actually, and then there were some used on eBay, and I guess there's even a M Audio Multi Track Two player now, which I guess is just the new model. So I think I'm going to buy one because they, they it's just made podcasting so easy. Like even tonight. I had to set up all my freaking gear, which I don't keep set up, which is a whole nother story. But um, and I don't even know that it sounds as as nice as the M Audio Audio Portable Player. I think it does. I think it sounds okay. What I, the rig I got going right now, which is basically like a mobile M Audio 
preamp actually with the Phantom mic. Uh, what kind of mic is this? Sorry about the crackle. Uh, uh, sure, Phantom Power mic running through the uh, M audio preamp into my Mac, into GarageBand. So that's how we're recording things today for you tech heads. This is Iron Maiden to tame a land.
To tame a land off of peace of mind by Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden's artwork was always so amazing. Derek Riggs is the artist who uh, did their artwork for uh, most of most of their albums. I guess not all of them, not some of the recent ones, although I'm not even sure about that. I'm in the middle of a book about Derek Riggs, which is fascinating for any hardcore Iron Maiden fans. The book is called Run for Cover, The Art of Derek Riggs by our friend Martin Popoff, who used to come on the show on a semi-regular basis. Since we kind of aren't doing many guests at all anymore, we haven't had him or anybody else for that matter on. Uh, That's a whole other story why we're not really doing many interviews, mainly because it's a lot of work and sometimes even money to get these interviews done. Not that we pay people, to come on the show, but just getting the the studio time to record the the phone calls, you know, and phone interviews the the right way is is uh, yeah. Bionic went out of business basically, or was at least acquired by another company. So it's funny. I, I saw the ex owner of Bionic, who's now working at this new company. Uh, company, what is it called? Company three today, and uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll get some talking metal stuff going with him again at some point. I'd like to because I know you guys did like the live show, all fifteen of you who listened to it. Um, so we'll we'll see. Except of course when Black Veil Brides was on, and we had like you know we maxed out our live three sixty five stream. Uh, but anyways, that song back to uh, wow off on a tangent here. Back to the song To Tame a Land by Iron Maiden off the Peace of Mind record. Derek Riggs, of course, did the artwork for Peace of Mind, as well as most of the other Iron Maiden records. Uh, he, he In this book that Martin Popoff has written about Derek Riggs, uh, there's a quote from Derek Riggs, and he here it is. There's a song on Peace of Mind called To Tame a Land. It's about Dune. They phoned up Frank Herbert and asked him if they could call the song Dune. And Frank Herbert said, no, you can't call it Dune. You can't do anything based on my book because I think rock and roll is decadent and corrupt. So that's why that song is called To Tame a Land and not Dune, by the way. And Frank Herbert, of course, is the guy who wrote Dune. I think he's since died. I'm fairly certain of it. Um... And Dune, yeah, one of the most amazing sci-fi stories ever written. And that's a good song by Maiden. I've never heard them do that live. I don't know if they ever played it live. I personally have never heard them do it live. I was out at the Iron Maiden show a couple weeks back in Newark, ended up uh, sneaking down front, some really good seats. I actually posted some pictures on my Facebook page while I was there. Man, what fun that was. Uh, before the show, ran into all sorts of good fr- well, good friends and just friends and acquaintances. Guys like Alan Tecchio was hanging with him at the Dinosaur Barbecue. Didn't, couldn't find him at first. The guy shaved his head. had no idea he was bald. Um, but yeah, good to see Alan. I was there with my, my friend Gary Carlin. And who else? Gary had a buddy with him. Ran into Luke Carl from Sirius Satellite Radio, Hair Nation. 
the author of The Drunk Diet, which I, I still haven't read. I do want to read it, though, soon. Uh, I'm hoping. I got just so many books I got to get to. But Luke Carl, yeah, The Drunk Diet, Mr. Serious Radio. And last but not least, at the Iron Maiden show, I ran into uh, Marty from the band Dirty Pearls. And the Dirty Pearls have a record out, which is fairly new. Has some of the songs that he played uh, for us when he was on Talking Metal way back when. I listened to the whole record through. And let me tell you, it's it's a good record, guys. Definitely good stuff. So if you like rock and roll, if you like hard rock and music, The Dirty Pearls is definitely for you. We're going to be a little bit all over the place on this episode uh, music-wise. Pretty big difference between the sounds of Iron Maiden and The Dirty Pearls. Although I will say this, all the music you're going to hear on today's episode is damn good. And this Dirty Pearls band, I really like them. I, you know, it's hard for me to, to make shows nowadays, but they seem to play all the time, so I'm ashamed to say that I have not. I don't think I've seen them live. I'm sure I probably would have remembered that. But let's listen to one of their tracks right now. I know we played New York City as a Drug before, which is a great song. Who's Coming Back to Who is another great song, but let's listen to a different one this time. This is called Caffeine and Gasoline. Caffeine and Gasoline Disco rain on 
Dirty Pearls. Good stuff, and thanks for sending that over. I tell you, it's worth picking up the CD, the, the chick on the album cover. I'm not, uh, is uh, just, wow. Well, that's all I'm going to say. Check it out. The Dirty Pearls. And the album is called, what the fuck is the album called? Let me look here. Um, the album is called Whether You Like It or Not. So definitely check that out. Really great songs. I love that song, New York City is a Drug. Definitely. If if you don't want to buy the album, go to iTunes. Download that shit. Not sure if it's on Spotify. Probably. Who knows? So we went Iron Maiden. We went Dirty Pearls. And now we are going to go Dan Lorenzo. How about that? Of course, Dan Lorenzo has a new Greatest Hits CD out. Not the stuff from Hades. Not the stuff from Nonfiction. Not the stuff from his band with Bobby Blitz, which is called The Cursed. This is stuff off of his three solo records, and it's it's good shit, definitely. Sometimes the drum machine on some of the songs I, I don't dig quite that much, but in a weird way, it sort of has its own sort of charm when he does have the drum machine going. Not all the songs have the drum machine. And, and I think just about every song on this Dan Lorenzo Greatest Hits CD, it's called Best of Three, actually, is uh, is good. So if, if you don't have any of his solo records, this might be the one to pick up because there's no filler on there. There's a nice Kiss cover, Almost Human, and this song is called Fiend. Bye. 
just heard was a little Dan Lorenzo. Go support that guy. Go to danlorenzo.net. Buy the CD. Tell him Talking Metal sent you. And we wanted to mention that the one and only John Lord. Wow, I saw this guy when I was just a kid, 15 years old, on the Deep Purple reunion tour. Maybe even 14. Eh, no, it must have been 15. Maybe 16. I don't I don't know. When Deep Purple first got back together for that Perfect Strangers tour and record, I was privileged enough to be taken right up to the front for reasons unknown. Uh, I was up in the nosebleed seats with my friend, and security came and grabbed us. We had no idea what was going on. Next thing we knew, they planted us down right up front. The, in In later years, I looked back on it, and it was, you know, an older crowd at that time. When I say older, guys in their late 20s, early 30s were there for the, you know, Deep Purple reunion. Um, but there were young kids like me who, who, at the time I was a young kid, now I'm a fucking old goat, but, um, you know, who were into Deep Purple. And I think they just wanted some young faces down front. You know, so that that was my guess, although who knows why. Who knows why that happened? But me and my friend were, we were brought down, and and it, he he was a dude, so it wasn't like I was with some cute chick, and they wanted a cute chick up front. Um, I, I guess they just wanted some younger faces up front. That's my theory. And we were brought down and uh, got to we were kind of on John Lord's side of the stage, and he just rocked it, rocking that that big organ Hammond, I guess, organ back and forth and back and forth and. Just an unbelievable player. The whole band, unbelievable. That classic Deep Purple lineup. I, I don't call it the original lineup because it wasn't, but the Gillen, Pace, Glover, Lord, and who else? Oh, Blackmore, of course. That lineup of Deep Purple was just so amazing and lethal, man, lethal. Little John Lord. Here, Here is something off not that Perfect Strangers album, off the next album after that. This is called Mitzi Dupree.
Purple with Mitzi Dupree off the house of Blue Light. That song is about a woman, I'm assuming a stripper, who uh, did some tricks with a ping pong ball. There you go. John Lord, rest in peace. All right. Again, all over the musical map here today. This is, God, this is a great song. I forgot about this song. And actually was using the radio function on Spotify, and it, it popped up. Rat Worth the Risk. know that intro this one right here mark striegel john astronomy the talking metal podcast coming Coming to you that's rat by the way that's new rat that's a song 
from 2010 called Last Call. So if you want, if you like that song, you always hear in the talking metal. It's again called Last Call. Let's check the song out now. A rat twofer, if you will. Here's Last Call by Rat. Right. 
two for Tuesday, if you're listening to this on, on Tuesday. Two rat songs. Uh, that one that we just heard off the album Infestation, which was great, great record. Robin Crosby is such a, uh, an important part of that band and uh, no longer with them, you know, on the Infestation record, obviously. Uh, but just uh, to me, he always kind of seemed like the heart and soul of Rat and was involved in in uh, writing some of their bigger songs, as was Steve Clark of Def Leppard. You know, he, he left us back in the probably early 90s and if you go back and and you know I recently saw Def Leppard at, at the same place I saw Iron Maiden like a week or two after I saw Iron Maiden out in Newark, New Jersey and it was Poison, Def Leppard. It was Lita Ford, Poison and Def Leppard. I got a flat on the way to the show. My wife and I were driving there. So we ended up missing Lita Ford unfortunately, but we did we caught Poison and Def Leppard. We were right up front, freaking insane seats and uh Anyways, Def Leppard, so many great songs. Of course, they didn't do anything off of uh, On Through the Night. I would have been shocked if they would. That's a great hard rocking record. If you don't know it, it's the first Def Leppard record. Definitely their most metal record, if you will. Uh, but they didn't do anything off of that, of course. But they they played all the hits, basically. Great stuff. They even did Switch, the instrumental that Steve Clark wrote. And that's where I'm going with this all those Def Leppard hits, all those great Def Leppard songs. I mean, Steve Clark was a songwriter on every one of those. I mean, even the song Switch, he wrote on his own. Um, so it is interesting. These, you know, bands continue on. I wish they would have paid more tribute to Steve Clark during the show, but maybe it's, you know, maybe that's not their thing. It was interesting that Joe Elliott said at the the Newark, New Jersey show on, uh, a couple of weeks back here in 2012 that it was marked the day, 30 years to the day that Phil Collin joined Def Leppard. And you got to remember, like Steve uh, Pete Willis had actually started recording Pyromania with Def Leppard. As a matter of fact, it is rumored that most of the rhythm guitar playing is strictly him and Steve Clark and that Phil Collin only played the leads. I don't know if that's true. That's what I read on, like, Wikipedia or somewhere. Um, whoop, I just dropped my beer bottle, and my dog jumped up. But, uh, yeah, so another guy, Pete Willis, also heavily involved in those first three Def Leppard records, even though he, you know, never really was in any of the videos, of course, for Pyromania or anything like that. Ah. Uh, I guess we got to play Def Leppard, right? I'm talking about them. I, I loved the first three Def Leppard, but I never was really into Hysteria. But I have to say, hearing the songs off Hysteria live the other night last week, whatever it was, in Newark, New Jersey, I dug them. I just had so much fun. And let's see, what can we do off of Hysteria? I'm hoping it's on iTunes. I know it's not on frickin', um Spotify. Let's see. I don't. Isn't that that's so fucking weird? I mean, yeah, they don't freaking have hysteria on freaking iTunes. I mean, what what's wrong? What's wrong with these groups? I mean, it's like no one buys CDs anymore, guys. If your if your music isn't available digitally, I mean, that's freaking stupid. I'm sorry. Them them and uh, Def Leppard. I wonder if it's a Mutt Lang thing. All right, so. It looks like they have the live version of some of this shit up here, which is going to probably not be nearly as good. I wanted to play women. 
There's no, there's no, that's not up here at all. All right, you know what? Fuck it. We're not going to play Def Leppard. Ah, we got to play Def Leppard. Let's play a song they didn't play. Let's do Too Late for Love, which I, I have the original version of that. Here it is.
Too Late for Love, not off Hysteria. I was going to play a song off Hysteria until I found that it's not on iTunes, and I don't own that CD, so. Uh, Let's keep going here. Refer to my, I I do have some notes on my iPhone here. Yeah, let's uh, round it off with more music. Great music episode, guys. Having fun playing tunes with you today. Be back hopefully next time with John, if not next time, the time after that for sure. Working on that second video episode of Talking Metal should be, it's just things are going slow, but way slower than I expected, but hope to have it done soon. This is the new Motley Crew. It's called Sex.
Motley Crue. Nicky said that he thought it sounded something like like a song that would have would have been on the first Motley Crue out record. No fucking way. I mean, maybe on some of the later late eighties, early nineties. Uh, yeah, I guess late eighties. But when did when did uh, the big album come out? Doctor Feelgood. What was that? Like eighty nine. I could see maybe this is in the Dr. Feelgood style. It doesn't sound to me like early, early Motley Crue. So I'm not sure what Nikki's talking about. But I could see this being off of Dr. Feelgood, maybe. It's fun stuff. A lot of people didn't like Saints of Los Angeles. I thought there was a couple couple real killer songs on that. It's definitely an album I can listen to the whole way through and have fun listening to. But anyways, that latest Motley Crue song, which was released July 17th, 2012, is up on iTunes. Go buy it. Not on Spotify yet. And the new Kiss, man. Damn, this sounds good. This sounds like 1970s Kiss. I mean, this sounds like something off a of rock and roll over. This is fun stuff. We're going to end it with the new Kiss here on Talking Metal. Kiss and Motley Crue on tour together this summer, going into the fall a bit. Don't have my tickets yet. Considering my buddies are going to the Jones Beach show, I, I would prefer to go to the PNC show. Jones Beach is just always a freaking nightmare getting out there from when you live, uh, you know, across the border here in uh, in Jersey. Uh, so maybe I'll hit the PNC show. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to see some country rock artist next week with my wife, who she, my wife likes. And I like her too. Brandy Carlisle. Rick Rubin did at least one of her records. So checking her out in Montclair, New Jersey next week. Recently caught Cinderella in North Jersey, caught Maiden, caught uh, Lita Ford, and who, oh, and of course Alice Cooper opened for Maiden, which was cool, although I only caught a few minutes of his set, literally, uh, more than a few minutes, like two songs. He went on so fucking early. But yeah, here's the new kiss. Bye. Bye. <laughs>